What's up, everybody? Uh, Friday Shiro Show with Saturn Dave here, and uh, I've got a bigger web browser today. <laughs> Keeping me company because uh, Patrick Trainerco is at a convention. Lucky Pat has all these uh, has all these cool game conventions in Arizona, I guess. And uh, there's uh, we're bereft of game conventions here in San Diego, to my knowledge. I mean, we've got Comic Con, but and uh, there might be. There might be some like local get-togethers and stuff like that, but for all I know, <clears throat> we've got uh, we, we don't have a whole lot of retro gaming conventions down here. But anyway, uh, if I was to drive up to LA, that might be uh, that might be different. But uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, actually, uh, I'm just shooting the shit today because Pat's not here. There's not a whole lot of news to talk about, but I've got my beer. <laughs> Pat doesn't drink, but uh, when I'm doing this by myself, I'm like, I gotta get uh, a little bit of beer. <laughs> I think uh, I think Anthony Night of Dragon is in the chat with me. Uh, anybody Hello, else who everybody. wants, to, yeah, anybody else who wants to, uh, you know, just kick it with me here for an hour and talk whatever Saturn news is uh, on the table, that would be fine. I will do my best to try to look down here at the chat. Uh, and, and answer any questions that you have. Uh, in fact, feel free to hit me with questions today because I'm short on content. So, you know, I can we can answer questions. We can talk about uh, uh, Shadow Mask needs to do his laundry. Get to it, Shadow Mask. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, we'll just talk about Saturn and whatever because that's what we do here. Uh, so uh, anyway, I'm going to go ahead and bring up the browser. Uh, before I do, I'm going to ask Anthony, what have you been doing this this past week? John oh, I have been working and uh, working. It's pretty much all I've been doing. I'm back at the Boring. office now, so no more uh, oh. hanging out as much. Yeah, working oh. on Saturn stuff. No more remote remote access. You, you're mostly having to go to the office. Yeah, I gotta go. And then usually, since I have to go up there, I just head up to my girlfriend's place, so I'm rarely home anymore, which is why, like, the past three shows I've been in my car. Oh right, traveling different places. Yeah, I wonder how much. I wonder how much this is. You know, get this whole end of the endemic phase and everything is gonna have a significant impact on people's productivity. At least uh, their their hobbyist productivity. You know, because uh, it's like I know a lot of us were like in full gear uh, during COVID. You know, it's like I only had to. I was working from home and I was pretty much getting my work done in a few hours and then I was like able to spend time doing Shiro stuff, you know, but now it's like I'm lucky if I can get away for a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a change of pace, uh, even for me. So I can imagine other people getting back to work, they're losing their free time as well. Yeah. Uh, I agree. With Blue Moon says uh, we sh I should make a Saturn Con in San Diego. You're absolutely right. I should. I should quit my day job and make that my uh, make that my crusade. Right. <laughs> we have we have uh, Ian Ferguson and Pat Contry down here in San Diego. They're the only like kind of popular YouTuber people that do like retro game stuff down here in San Diego that I know of. Now, if you drive up the five. To, you know closer to LA the closer you get to LA in Orange County and stuff you've got some folks and then of course up in the Bay Area but um yeah it's like all of the retro game focused stuff is up in Portland and, and Washington you know uh, so I don't know anyway uh, but it's you know the weather's nice here so I'll take it and uh, lacquerware ask what are my top five Saturn games God, uh, let's see. You had to put me on the spot like that. Well, my top five, you're not going to agree with all of them, but obviously my first, my, my favorite Saturn game, bar none, is, is Nights into Dreams. Whether or not it's the best Saturn game doesn't really matter. It's just my favorite, you know? I have so much nostalgia for it, and it's a good game, okay? So it's a solid game. It's excellent. That score attack, you get into it. It's like Nirvana. You just kind of zone out. It's that kind of game that you can just kind of uh, forget what you're doing and just really get deep into it. Um, and so it's a great game, and I have a ton of nostalgia for it, so I, I would just have to say that that's always going to be my favorite. Um, 
Uh, but I also really love Dragon Force, which is not a game that I came up playing at all. I, it's only a game that I started playing when I got back into Saturn stuff and doing Shiro Show, you know. And Chaz Picardi in one of the groups, and he's in our Discord, you know, really got me into Dragon Force. And oh my god, immediately it went from like zero to hero, <laughs> you know, in my list. Of like, how good is this game, you know? But it is one of those games you have to like work over that initial reaction, you know. Uh, and then, and then it's it's absolutely insane. It's excellent. Um, I love Lunacy. I really love Lunacy. I like quirky games. I love uh, you know Twin Peaks. I love David Lynch stuff. I love uh, you know really weird and and quirky kind of eerie stuff. You know I love the Enemy Zero and the Warp games. You know like D two and stuff like that. So um, I really love Lunacy. It just hits hits me in the right spot in terms of uh, all that ambiance and the atmosphere and stuff like that. So. Uh, thumbs up for Lunacy. I say probably that and Dragon Force take a, a share of the spot for my second favorite game on the Saturn. And then as far as four and five, um, I would have to say probably a racing game like um, let's say Sega Rally. Um, I these days I tend to have more fun with Daytona uh, just because it's crazy. It, the handling is just crazy and it's kind of it's a load of fun in an arcade kind of sense. But uh, but Sega Rally is really, like, you just, I don't know if you can do any better than that on the Saturn. It's, it's got a really great feel. Probably do Sega Rally and then maybe Bomberman, Saturn Bomberman. That list is subject to change, you know, because there are a lot of great games on the Saturn. But anyway, what about you, Knight? Do you have a favorite five? Um, like you, that list is always going to change, but obviously everybody knows my number one. We're going to count them as one game, uh, Shining Force 3. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't just say that either, because that could easily take a top five spot. Spot, I just wasn't thinking about it. Yeah, uh, outside of that, Dragon Force as well. I love the gameplay. Cam was out with it. Yeah. Uh, Guardian Heroes. Guardian Heroes is great. Yeah. Although uh, some people, some people really don't like it. I have to say that's a. I wouldn't think Guardian Heroes would be a controversial or like. A, what do you call it, like a polarizing game but some people really hate the three planes you know that you and and the, and you know the fact that it kind of chugs on the saturn but i think it's great yeah. especially if you play the multiplayer mode oh yeah the planes never bothered me and i just love the fact that you had tons of playthroughs over and over again you weren't just playing the same levels you could just choose your path depending on how you played it you got your different characters and there was just so much to unlock with the uh different monsters you get in the battle mode yeah. And then I have actual like personal memories where I used to bring my Saturn to school and we would play Guardian Heroes and really? I would always pick Yeah, I'd always what? pick the little the rat guy. Are we talking like elementary school or high school? No, no, we're talking about college here. You bring it okay, you bring you brought your Saturn to college. Damn. Oh, okay. Alright, but not a, so this was this would have been like after it was already retro, right? I mean we're talking 2001 2002 era okay so like xbox era interesting yeah okay yeah yeah because uh back at school we had like a student area and they had a huge like 65 inch projection tv that nobody ever used so my friends and i just hijacked mm -hmm. it whenever we were on our like, breaks or whatnot yeah and, you know we'd bring crowds in but like i said i'd always pick that little rat and everybody else would be the huge monster guys wondering where i'm at <laughs> a lot of, a lot of fun <laughs> that game is a hell of a lot of fun you just reminded me of that that you could do that that's great oh my god yeah you know it's funny um i was in a i was in a 3d animation class in in my senior year in high school and that was right when the xbox launched and i had a friend in there who was like big into photoshop and like 3ds max and stuff and he offloaded to me a ton of saturn games that he didn't want because he was like interested in saving up and getting an xbox you know and that's where I got like Sonic R, and that's where I got Guardian Force from him. And uh, it was easy to get Saturn games back then because people were just trying to get rid of them for cheap, you know, just to just to pool their money and buy like a new console, you know. So, um, but believe it or not, Blue Moon asked, uh, "Are there seriously people that hate Guardian Heroes?" Okay, so here's the thing: without the nostalgia, without the memories, it's a tough sell on the Saturn for some folks. So, g case in point. There's a dude, Chris Scram. He's the admin or the the owner admin of the Sega Saturn Collectors of America group, and he is actually he's a 
He's the owner of the whole group. Uh, there are several groups. You know, there's a PlayStation group, a 3DO group, whatever. He's traditionally a PlayStation fan, came up as a PlayStation fan, and he's only getting into Saturn now. So he doesn't have the benefit of hindsight on Saturn or, uh, you know, any kind of rose-colored glasses. He's taking everything as it is, right? And so he just tried to play Guardian Force. Uh, sorry, not, not Guardian Force. Gar uh, Guardian Heroes. He did not like it at all. He was just like, you know, I know people gush about this game, and I'm trying to like it, but... I, it's not for me. I'm so I'm not going to add it to my collection. Uh, and I'm just and everybody was like coming in the comments at him like, "Are you serious? Like that's it's a great game. Maybe try it on the Xbox Live Arcade or whatever." But it's like if you don't, I guess if you don't have the memories and you're just sitting there alone in a room playing it by yourself, I could see how maybe it's just not the same. But like Knight is saying, like if you get together with some friends, which a lot of people don't really do anymore, which is kind of sad. But you get together with some friends on the couch and you just play, you have a lot of fun. It, it's a great game. Top five is. Uh, what's that, Zenos? I didn't know you could do that. That might be a reason to pick it up again. But if yeah. but I thought it had really bad is he talking scaling. Him on mute? He's talking. Uh, you can uh, you can take him off mute, so you can say that. So I think Zenos is. I don't know if Zenos is coming through on the stream or if he's just coming through in Discord. Um, but yeah, you can you can totally. Uh, you can totally play multiplayer with with Guardian Heroes. I think up to six player via multi tap. Knight would have to correct me on that. Yeah, uh, the uh, the playthrough itself is two players, but the battles are six players. Ah, uh, yes. So I mean, it's 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 a great game, um, and I think that it does play better on the Xbox Live Arcade version. It's much smoother. Uh, so I mean, and that's probably the way that folks are, should play it, or via emulation or something, because. I mean, you know, the Saturn version is not uh, not cheap. But uh, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, Tom Jiggle eighty five? You were saying uh, top five is too hard, and I agree. Like, it's got to be more like a top twenty five or something. I mean, even then, that's hard, you know. But uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, um, okay. So that that answers any questions you guys might have. Keep keep them coming, and I will try to monitor the questions. Uh, but in the meantime, okay. I'll go ahead and... Yeah, well, what's yeah. up? No, uh, nothing. I just wanted to say my first experience with Guardian Force. Uh, what we don't have to... Uh, Gar Guardian just... Heroes? Or Guardian, Guardian Force? Oh, yeah, okay. Guardian Heroes. I, 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 I had a bunch of legal copies on my Saturn and I played it and... The scaling on the figures, like the characters, was traditionally bad for Saturn. Like they, they didn't have. Uh, I don't think they have uh, distinct scaling options for all three planes, and mm. the character art is not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, I know like, what you mean. Yeah, it's like, the treasure. It's the. It's like that treasure style art. Um, and then on top of that, you've got, um, so with the scaling, I know what you're talking about, like where at some, like maybe at the mid level, you know, like the middle plane, it's like crisp and it's normal, you know, but then when they go to the back plane or when they come to the foreground plane, it's kind of aliased or like anti-aliased, I guess. I, I guess it's aliased because it doesn't apply any kind of yeah. anti-aliasing. So yeah, it looks a little janky. Know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I mean, for the Saturn, that kind of, uh, that kind of pops out at you because the Saturn usually has like really, really good uh, crisp scaling. But yeah, for whatever reason, it does come off looking really aliased. And maybe that has to do with just how many sprites are on the screen. Maybe they just couldn't, uh, I don't know. Maybe they couldn't address that and, and have it still run at a, at a good click. Um, but, uh, but yeah, thanks for pointing that out. I think that that's a good, a good point. Um, Getting into the news, and I mean, again, we can, uh, we don't have to stay, like, right on the news. If, if somebody has a topic they want to bring up, that's fine. We can just, we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants today, and it's going to be very casual, <laughs> since Pat's not here to, you know, bounce things off of. But, uh, so, Danthrax, uh, he wrote up another, another little update on House of the Dead, arrives on more platforms, so, um, essentially... Let's see. It arrives on. It arrived on Switch in early April, and then uh, Forever Entertainment published the shooter on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Steam, 
GOG, and Stadia. As of the Switch release, House of the Dead is available for a 10% launch discount or a 20% discount uh, if Forever Entertainment's other Saturn-based remake, Panzer Dragoon, is owned on the same platform. Okay, so if you already own the Panzer Dragoon, then you get a discount on this. That's cool. Um, PlayStation version offers 10% discount to PlayStation Plus subscribers. Uh, you can also get the Xbox version, Steam version, or the GOG version. That's cool. They're making it available uh, despite what platform you happen to be on. Uh, so that's that's cool. I myself do not have it yet, but I am definitely uh, I am definitely thinking about it. Uh, it might end up being a gift, or it might end up I might end up grabbing. I don't know, but I I've got a lot of things to spend money on right now. But anyway, it's good to know that that it's available. Uh, on multiple platforms, so folks can uh, can go grab that if they want to get some light gun action. Uh, they've also announced plans to remake uh, sequels to Panzer Dragoon and House of the Dead, as well as Magical Drop 6, which would be the last in the line of puzzle games that saw three entries on the Saturn in Japan only. Magical Drop is a great series. I wish we had gotten it in the West. I really can't think of a good reason why not, because uh, we had like stuff like bust a move and puzzle bobble and stuff like that i don't know why or uh bubble bobble i don't know why we wouldn't have gotten stuff you know like a game like magical drop unless it was just overtly japanese or something i don't know and okay so let's see here going to the just looking at the <laughs> just looking at the comments real quick making sure i don't miss anything um Nick asks, is it possible to port games from one console to another? Wait, because I always felt like Mischief Makers would be perfect on Saturn. Yeah, you know what? That's a good point. Mischief Makers is actually one of the... I, I don't like a whole hell of a lot of N Nintendo 64 games, but it's on my list of games that I do like, and it's a treasure game, you know, so it does make sense. It does kind of seem like it would have been a good one uh, to get on Saturn, but I guess it was just what? like... Mischief Makers on the N64. You know the, that you the, the fact that you don't like a lot of N64 games. That is shocking. Why not? Why not? Uh, mostly it's just not my it's not my cup of tea when it comes to gameplay. Um, okay, so I have an N64, right? You know, and I, I mean, I I've given it a fair bit of love. My my brother's a huge N64 fan. That's that's one thing I will say. Like back in the day, it always seems like. He was much more about the N64 than I was. Um, now, on the Nintendo 64, I do have a handful of games that I, that I do like. You know, like I like Sin and Punishment. Uh, I do like the Zelda games, of course. Like, I, you know, Majora's Mask was my favorite. So you can kind of tell, like, I'm not as big of an Ocarina fan. I like Majora's Mask because it's darker and it's weirder. David Lynch stuff I was telling you about. Like, I like, I like things when they're kind of quirky and weird. Make, uh... And, and, and they, they do things with the story that you don't necessarily expect. I like that kind of stuff. Um, I, you know, I liked uh, Wave Race and I liked uh, 1080, stuff like that. You know, the, the gravity racing or whatever, G, G, what was it called? G Vector? <laughs> I, I can't even remember. Uh, there were some racing games that were fun on there. But I mean, sorry uh mo most mostly my n64 doesn't get played much you know i have an everdrive just loaded up and it just doesn't really get played that much i went to a few like i went to a few like sleepovers and like high, high school lock-in kind of events things where we had like an n64 up on a huge uh up on a huge uh projection screen and we all played like goldeneye you know, four-player split-screen GoldenEye with the whole screen looking and everything. <laughs> and, and we played Star Fox, and that was fun. But for the most part, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's just not It's just not my cup of tea. I mean, I'm, I'm huge into Saturn, so you can tell, like, uh, the differences between the two systems. You know, if you're, like, a huge Saturn fan, you really love a lot of that, like, arcade-style gameplay. You're not likely to be, like, super deep into, into N64. But... I'm not saying it's trash or anything like that. Like I know that that's like a, a running joke, but I, I don't actually believe that it's trash. I just I, there's not that many games that I want to play. Like uh, you liked. Um, oh yeah, so, uh, F Zero is a great example of a good game. That that's a good one. 
And of course, I yeah, loved it look, on GameCube. I played N64 a lot, but I would have a hard time saying what defines it. Like with Genesis, you have the typical Sega, more arcade action games, and with the SNES, you have all these. RPGs and story-driven games, and right. um, also these uh, what what are called these action RPGs. But I would have a hard time to put a finger on what defines in 64 games. Maybe 3D yeah. platformers, uh, but yeah, I don't maybe. know. You know, like it's collect- mostly just it's mostly just you just say it's N64 games, like Rare, and yeah. I mean. I don't want anybody to think I, I don't like Nintendo. Like, I freaking love Nintendo, okay? Like, uh, just to give you an idea, like, Super Nintendo was my life before I got a Saturn, right? You know, so I loved the Super Nintendo. And, and then the Nintendo 64 came along, and I was going to get a Nintendo 64. I always tell folks I was standing in line to try Mario 64, you know, because I was super excited about it. And Knights just caught my attention, and I don't know. Like, it pulled me in a different direction because the Super Nintendo games that I liked, that I was really into, were also kind of weird. You know, I mean, I did love Final Fantasy VI. I loved Shadowrun. I loved, uh, you know, um, I loved kind of games that were just, like, a little bit more artistic and stuff like that. And I don't know what it was about the N64. It just wasn't, like, it, it didn't really do much for me. I loved the PlayStation and the Saturn a lot because their ability to like tell stories and their ability to like uh, really give you like these 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 vibes you know in in the games that I just didn't get from Nintendo 64 games what I did do what I what I what fun I did have on Nintendo 64 was playing like Smash with my brother um playing uh the Pokemon Snap was fun you know or the Pokemon Stadium that was a lot of fun um again you know Sin and Punishment would be like a holdout example of like Something you would expect to play on the Saturn, but it was on N64, so that was cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it, again, I I want to actually bring my Nintendo 64 in here and and set it up, but I'm I have limited space, so it's like I'm trying to f- figure out how I can work it into my setup uh, because I do have the EverDrive, and and um, you know I might be able to get back into playing it and stream some games and stuff like that, but it's just. Not on the top of my list, basically. And then when the GameCube came out, oh my god, then I was crazy. So, you know, Dreamcast kind of fizzled out. And GameCube, PlayStation 2, and Xbox were around. And I needed to pick a pony, and I went with the GameCube. I was just like, okay, GameCube feels the most to me like Sega did. Like like a Sega console did. And you had weird stuff on the GameCube. You had cool stuff. I mean, you had like... I don't know. I could get off. I I feel like I'm going into the weeds here. Uh, but but yeah, basically, like I was huge into GameCube uh, before I really, and I was kind of prejudiced against like PlayStation Two and Xbox. I was like, look what you guys did to my, you know, my beloved Sega. You know, you basically ran them out of business. You know, because it certainly wasn't Nintendo's fault by that time. You know, Nintendo was in last place. So I just kind of latched onto the GameCube and kind of, uh, you know, try to convince people to buy a GameCube, you know, cause it, and, and then of course, like once I got a PlayStation two, I kind of, my eyes were open and I was like, wow, I've been missing out on a shit ton of good gaming, you know? Uh, and, and, and now, and of course I'm older and I've mellowed out and I realized that it's not good to be prejudiced against any kind of, you know, there could be good gaming experiences had on every platform, you know? So I'm not like a super, uh, you know, fanboy these days, even though my name is Saturn Dave and I do love Saturn and I always will. I'm not like, you know, a blind fanboy. Anyway. That's, I didn't want to throw shade on N64, but I used to be a huge Nintendo fanboy and N64 is maybe my favorite console of all times. But, uh, but... Also, it, so you didn't think that the Xbox was kind of the spiritual successor to the Dreamcast or to the Sega consoles? In hindsight, in hindsight, I in in hindsight, I I realized that it probably was the most likely. In fact, I almost feel like it was almost shady. <laughs> like I I kind of buy into the conspiracy that you know the whole Windows CE embedded in the Dreamcast and that and that Microsoft was just kind of like biding their time you know until they like took over the world 
Uh, like, I, I almost feel like Sega didn't realize, like, that they were maybe sleeping with the enemy there. Um, and again, like, the market only ever had space for three players. You know, it just seems like that's all it will bear is, like, three major players. And, and two will always be dominant, and one will always be kind of scrapping or having to do something completely different, which is where Nintendo is now. They've, they've found that they're, they're, you got the two major players who are just all about graphics and blockbuster AAA titles, and in order to have that third space, the other guy has to either come in way in last place, like the GameCube, or they have to figure out a way to create different gaming experiences that make them unique and, and, and make people want to play them. But man, f- four major consoles at the same time, it was just seriously, and I was working in retail at that time. So I can honestly remember what it was like trying to sell Dreamcast, you know, being a Dreamcast fan and like trying to sell Dreamcast. And it was like, even though they were cheap, it was like people acted like they had like a disease. or something. They were just like, oh, no, that's OK. We'll wait for the PlayStation 2, even though we can't buy it right now. You know, it's it's kind of crazy. But. Uh, yeah, uh, Dreamcast, by the way, is it takes the spot for like my second favorite of all time. But my my. It, that's tied with uh, Nintendo DS, believe it or not, because uh, for crazy reasons, I don't know. Nintendo DS has some really, really cool 32-bit gaming experiences on it, and uh, a lot of them are very are very Saturn-esque. I played a lot of Dreamcast on disc before I played uh, any other Sega console, and it's, it's my second favorite Sega console. Mm-hmm directly after the the Sega Genesis because after I got that and my Everdrive and I heard the soundtrack which I argue with JC Dogen a lot of I fell in love with the sound blaster like sound and now it's it's my favorite 16-bit console uh yeah that's uh my my, yeah which one is that the, the the Mega Drive. The Mega Drive, okay, yeah. Mega Drive is amazing. Genesis Mega Drive. It, it's an amazing console as well. Um, I will say this for Nintendo 64, before we move on, and I, I just want, for the record, when Nintendo 64 came, when Ultra 64, you know, was finally revealed, and we saw what it looked like, I, as a kid, I just thought it was so freaking cool. Like, I thought it looked, the, 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 aerodynamic almost like sports car design of it was like nothing was like no other game console that i had ever seen and it's funny because even though now i would say i i prefer the the saturn it's like sleek and black and just beautiful um and definitely looks like a nice pricey piece of hi-fi equipment or something you know it's like uh it's in a more of an adult's console but the n64 just as a kid was probably like the coolest thing i'd ever seen you know they, they just, uh, I don't know, whoever designed it did a really good job, I think. And I mean, like, that it was designed to, like, sit on those pillars with, the, like, the like the HDD. Uh, or not the HDD, but the, the 64DD. I thought that was really cool, too. It kind of, uh, it kind of reminded me yeah. of the, the 3DO, to be honest with you. The, the original 3DO kind of had those four pillars. Um, but, of course, they, they went with, like, this really, like, kind of almost like uh, Ferrari Modena kind of, you know, really cool lines on on that console so anyway i don't yeah i don't really like the n64 design or the seller design is okay but i like the playstation design the best fair enough fair enough uh when the playstation came out it was like also like nothing else i'd ever seen uh i mean yeah like the it was it was boxy, but it had that huge lid, and it's kind of flat. It was like very flat and squat, and had those huge buttons. And I do remember going into an EB and seeing it for the first time, and just being like, "Wow, this is this is incredibly different." You know, uh, we t- it's easy to take all of this stuff for granted now, but like back in the day, just seeing these things for the first time, it was it was just like incredibly unconventional. And the and the the memory card slots and everything, it's kind of like nothing else I'd ever seen. Um, we got okay. a half hour to go and I want to get yeah, through okay. the next few bits. Okay. Uh, so we're moving right along here. Um, we've got a write up from Peter. It's a short one. It's the, the best of Saturn write up where he just is starting conversation. Basically, uh, metal fighter Miku. 
Metal Fighter Miku is a part is part visual novel, part quick time event adventure style Fudu wrestling game based on the 13 episode 1994 anime set in a Set in the year 2061, where wrestlers wear futuristic armor, you play as Miku, part of the Pretty Four tag team, and bid to win the Neo Pro Wrestling World title. Take on opponents such as Mad Kong and many others. This delightful game is a prime example of the Saturn shining culturally in the native in its native country in a way that would never really work in the West. And actually, I have to say, like this one came out of left field for me i i'm guessing that uh obviously metal fighter miku is like a localized or like translated name because i'm thinking that this is probably one of those games that i've seen on lists like on archive.org and i've probably passed it up because i had no idea what it was now that i'm seeing it it looks amazing at least from an art artwork standpoint like the artwork looks amazing kind of reminds me of the lunar artwork and it's very crisp uh i don't know anything about this game or nor can i speak to it knowledgeably whether it's actually any good but i mean peter has good taste uh so if he says i will say peter peter tends to be forgiving of uh a lot of these older games you know taking everything kind of in perspective but i mean i think if he says it's delightful then it's something i probably need to check out so metal fighter miku uh, let me know in the comments if you guys have played this and if you think it's any good. And uh, Blue Moon says he'd love a Wonder Mega. Closest thing he had to to it was the JVC XI. Yeah, the, both of those were really rad. J I always wanted a JVC XI growing up, but man, since I've seen the Wonder Mega, that thing is just amazing. Like with the the ring that's lit up and everything. Yeah, those those things are just insane. And uh okay, let's see. Yeah, so uh yeah, Jiggle is saying, you know, put it on your satiator. So yeah, I'm probably going to have to do that. I need to update my firmware on my satiator anyway because incidentally, I've only just now this past week I've been plugging in each day I get a little bit of free time and I've been plugging in a new console and testing it out and calibrating the monitor for it and everything. And so I've got Saturn, I've got 3DO, and I've got my Neo Geo CDZ plugged in. Next, I'm going to do probably like Dreamcast, get the PlayStation 2 plugged in, the PlayStation. Um, so I've been going one system at a time, and um, I, do, I did look at my Satiator firmware, and it's a bit out of date <laughs> since I moved. So now that i got it plugged back in, I definitely need to get the latest firmware, which I believe is 159, um, with all the fixes and everything. And then... Uh, I need to grab this game as well so I can give it a shot. But um looks cool. Victor Entertainment. So, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I think as a community, we all need to try this game together and tell each <laughs> let each other know what we think. Because, honestly, I wish I could say that I'd played this, but I have not. So, um, I love finding out about new games on Saturn, though. Much as I think I know about this console. Uh, what happens is um, I tend to I tend to play through a lot of Japanese games. But I kind of usually am like checking out YouTube or checking out, uh, you know, translations of the names and stuff like that to see if I'm if it's something I'm interested in. But I tell you, every once in a while, there's a game that I overlook and that it completely takes me by surprise. Hakider was one of those games, the uh, the, the the shooting that like shooting adventure game Hakider um, that we talked about with uh, um, on the on the. Uh, on the podcast with Jason Steele. That was uh, one, of, one that took me by surprise. And this one, who knows, this may be one of those games that kind of takes me by surprise. Um, the VM2 for Dreamcast was announced. It's an SD card-based Dreamcast VMU. That is freaking amazing. Like, if this really, like, ties into Dreamcast and, like, works and is compatible with Dreamcast, and yet it's got, like, this much larger... LCD and it can take SD cards. That's just crazy. Like I can't even imagine the potential here. And I know this isn't uh, you know Saturn related necessarily, but I mean we we cover Dreamcast stuff here too, especially when it's as big a deal as this. 
So as many of you typically know, VMUs, while they're a cool concept of a memory card, they have a couple problems. The biggest, or uh, not the biggest, depending on how you look at it, issue are many of them are not having large storage sizes. They don't have large storage size. So you might end up getting like the aftermarket ones with like several more blocks on them, but they usually don't have like a screen. Um, games like Half-Life, for example, will take up your entire VMU save, causing you to hunt down another VMU or sacrifice the game to the Dreamcast gods in order to keep your precious Shenmue save. Uh, I like this. Pat wrote this up, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the other major issue plaguing the device is that the battery life is short. And that's why you get the little beep every time you turn on your Dreamcast. So familiar. Taking that thing on the go and playing mini games. Mini games will only last a short duration before you're popping in another battery in order to play with your chow. Thankfully, Chris... I'm going gonna, gonna to murder this name here. Diao Glue. I don't know. Chris Glue, The man behind the awesome Dreamcast devices such as the Dreamcom, a wireless Dreamcast controller has announced a SD card-based VMU for the Dreamcast that not only addresses the original VMU shortcomings, but is loaded with even more features, which include a backlit LCD screen with higher resolution, 48 by 32 resolution, or scaled 96 by 64. Uh, micro SD card slot gives the Dreamcast a massive storage capacity. Effectively infinite. <laughs> <laughs> no, like not literally infinite, but effectively. I mean, considering the sizes of these things, but I mean, you could download like all of the con all of the extra content, you know, from PSO. You know, uh, let's see here. Four X VMU backup. If no micro SD card is inserted, it will default to a four X memory card mode, just like Sega's official card. Let's see here. External battery charging. Charge your VMU with either USB cable or the Dreamcast controller. And PC Memory Manager. Manage and backup all your Dreamcast saves on your PC. Very, very cool. Uh, Chris is currently looking at the $100 price tag for the device. Honestly, that's not that bad for what this is. But what this does, um, I can't imagine you're going to need more than one. Uh, unless, I mean, unless you do normally play with two players and then you might want to get one for the second controller. But, I mean, this is uh, one device ought to do you. Uh, while it may seem expensive, the ability to use one VMU with your console and backup saves your PC is worth the price of entry. I would have to agree. I think this is good. Plus, you got to support the guy. He's doing this kind of cool stuff. You know, if he says it's it's a hundred bucks, then it's a hundred bucks. You know. Um, no date set for release, but keep following the project uh, closely. There's a link here. Big thanks to the Dreamcast Junkyard for bringing this to our attention. Yes, we're huge fans of the Dreamcast Junkyard. Um, Knight, you still on? You have anything to say about this? I'm not a Dreamcast guy, so not a Dreamcast guy. To say. Like you're not even a Dreamcast guy, like at all. At all, I got my Dreamcast in a closet somewhere, and my games are in my basement somewhere. And you're gonna send them to me, right? Sure. When I find them, like 50 years from now. Nice, nice. I'm taking you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe it. Okay, I'm not going to give you any flack for that, but seriously, what is wrong with you? <laughs> anyway. No, well, anyway. That's why I keep busting on Derek for being a traitor. Yeah. Derek, uh, if he was here, I'm sure he'd have a thing or two to say about this. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I mean, all I can do is imagine, like, uh, I probably will be getting one of these, like, for sure. Don't know if I'll be in that first list, you know, that first batch. Uh, as far as like where it falls on my priority list, um, I don't know, but definitely I'm going to get one of these for sure. Maybe when, uh, maybe when it's like on a later firmware and it's like a, a, a well-established product, I'll probably be picking one up because I am sick and tired of firing up my Dreamcast and having that beep every time, you know? And I mean, like keep, I keep changing the battery, but those things just suck batteries. Um, and the fact that your controller can charge them and everything, that's great. Um, but yeah, so well, what the, the, well, the thing that would you probably would be have to be said to this, uh, what is the is um, this SD card reader you could uh attach via the proprietary external port on the back, which basically does the same thing when you combine it with the homebrew 
Windows shell? style oper- uh, uh, yeah, Dream Shell, the Windows style operating system. Sure. Yeah, but the fact that this is going to be much more convenient. I'm, I mean, I think, I think what they're yeah, what they're impl- what they're implying here is that you're going to be able to just yoink the SD card out and pop it into your PC. And and I mean, you're not going to have to use that extra software. That's just going to work. It's going to be compatible with actual Dreamcast software, and you can save. Yeah, it's not. What I'm saying is not to throw shade. It's just oh, right. to say how you how you used to do it. I, I've mm-hmm. been trying to solder one of these. The way they described it online, it's it's really a hassle. The you can buy one, I think, but yeah. it's also quite expensive to buy one pre-made, like Re- hacked. Really? So yeah, I've got one. I think it cost me like five bucks or something like that. But, uh, really? Yeah, really. I mean, it's it's one of those, you know, it's one of those cheap little, it kind of looks like a thumb drive, but it says Dream Shell on it. And it's got the proprietary Dreamcast serial connector on the back. Uh, I, I don't remember the last time that I used it, but yeah, it works. And, and it's true what you say, like you can, you can dump all of your saves onto that and then put them over on the PC, vice versa, you know. Um, but, uh, and that's another way that you can actually get uh, all of the all of the downloadable content, you know, for games onto your VMUs that way. But, uh, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that's how we've been doing it. That's how a lot of folks have been doing it up to this point, you know, all uh, like say managing saves and stuff like that. Uh, and now it looks like we're going to have a much more elegant solution. So yes, definitely. Um, last but not least, uh, today we, uh, we went ahead and pre-released our digital, uh, Sega Saturn Shiro magazine that we've been working on for ever in a day. Honestly, it's been much longer than it should have been. Uh, <laughs> and I do apologize to folks for that. It really just comes down to like um, wanting it to be the best that it could be, but also getting caught up with uh, life and priorities that just come first, you know? So it's like, I can't tell you how many times I've had to just ha- had to just push back the goalposts constantly on this magazine. And, uh, and it was foolish of me to tease it like back in September. It was foolish of me to tease it back then. Think I was so naive thinking that we could get it out. Uh, but there was more that needed to be done, you know, and, uh, and one thing I noticed and one thing that I learned with uh, publishing and everything like this, you just, you can never add one page, you know, because of course, when it comes to print, every piece of paper is folded and it has four sides, right? So if you're adding one page, you're actually adding four pages, which means you need content for those four pages. So it's like, uh, yeah, when, or when you need to take something away, something out, you can't just take one thing out. You either have to replace it or you have to take out four pages. So yeah. And, and then, you know, like learning everything about saddle stitch and learning everything about perfect bind and, and uh, you know, formatting and layout and all that stuff. And I'm telling you this, this magazine is far from perfect, but it's free. Uh, as a community service, and it's a it's just something that Peter and I, and and actually by extension the the Shiro crew, because Pat stepped in and Nick stepped in, and they helped out as well, and they wanted to be involved in it. It's something that we wanted to do, and we've wanted to do for years. Is like make our own magazine and have resurrect in a way, I guess spiritually resurrect uh, OSSM in a way. You know, you could probably see from the way that it looks, it is. Uh, I'm going to click on it here and see if I can. Uh, okay. Oh, there we go. Click on this here. And I just need to hide this while I'm putting in the password. Let's see here. All right. So I'm loading it up. For you guys to see uh we basically have this available to our patreon supporters for like a week exclusively um before it hits public um there's a link to download the actual full size if you click on the barcode on the front or you can just go ahead and uh you know click through the magazine and kind of here's peter's letter uh you know talking about being a saturn fan in 2022 and uh and how it's never never a better time to be a saturn fan just because of all the cool stuff that's going on in the community we got a little back to the future kind of retrospective on uh you know saturn's troubled past and pulled a bunch of people in the in our community 
uh, you know, it, this is total speculation, but we're just talking, seeing what folks think was like the number one thing that killed it or, you know, w one thing that they would go back and change, you know, so it's just a fun puff piece, but it was, it was fun to write. Um, some, you know, little faux ads that were fun to make, you know, for like Shiro Show. Pat wrote a, did a little write up on the lunar patch. Um, and I actually think that folks in our community think that it would be great if, if he just had his own little column called Pat patched you know and that that would be his thing so yeah i'm totally down with that <laughs> he was gonna do the patched column anyway uh so you know we can call it we can name it after after him uh but yeah so uh, pat's gonna be the one that usually uh does like a little one page write-up on new patches and, and hopefully in our next issue he might actually cover a couple more than just one um I went ahead and put the, the Shenmue Saturn version, you know, search continues, just talking about the history of Saturn Shenmue and just the fact that it may be out, you know, that it's most likely out there somewhere. We, and I mean, I, I imagine Yu Suzuki has a copy probably, but I mean, there's probably more than one copy, you know, based on the citations that we have here in the article. And um, so there's a little speculation here, um, which is why uh, this, this, column is entitled retro speculation but uh we got some again fun ads that that i did just showing you know a little bit of homage paying a little homage to the classic saturn ads but at the same time uh featuring all the new retro or all the new homebrew games that uh, the community is creating homebrew and uh and uh patches translations which are dave you need to call it patch trick Patch trick? Okay, well, I'll let you guys, uh, I'll let you guys, I'll, we'll do a poll or something like that. You guys can decide. Is that Derek? No, it's, uh, Burn Ends. Oh, that's Burn Ends. Okay, all right. You almost sounded like Derek there for a second, but you were on the, you're in a car or something like that. Um, uh, let me see. We, uh, Peter wrote this amazing article. I've been, and I've been like talking this thing up for years. This is an older article, but I went, we went ahead and kind of dressed it up and put it in this because I feel like it's like if you really want to decide what the best, hockey game on the saturn is uh what better way than to do like a, a proper shootout and so peter really did he like pitted all these games and and gave us like definitive answers on like what is the best hockey game on the saturn and there are actually some really good hockey games on the saturn and he, and who better to write about it because he's from canada um got a fenrir ad in here shouts to uh said and shouts to the fenrir great product well we we're not paid to put this here this is just a wholehearted community endorsement uh we feel like products like this are helpful and they're beneficial to all of us so we feel um very confident to put it in here and as, as a as an endorsement but we're not receiving anything for it uh we did uh, uh an article on wipeout kind of from the perspective that it, it you know it's now on saturn and that's kind of how you looked at it back then it was like this this amazing like playstation games finally coming to saturn you know and we're excited for like what it's going to be how how well is it going to come over you know how well it translate and peter really covers that well here um shiro podcast that's uh segasaturnshiro.podbean.com or wherever you get uh, your your podcast feed you can listen um we've got obviously we've got the shiro show and then, uh, which is the weekly news. And then we've got the mainline cast, which is, you know, uh, serial content, you know, like talking about games, going deep dives, five guys, uh, just talking about Saturn. It's a lot of fun. We need to do another one of those soon because, uh, we don't, we haven't had one on the schedule for a while. People have been busy, but, um, I did go ahead and put a bulk slash English translation and dub, uh, ad in here because you guys did such a great job and got a QR code to take folks to your project there. And uh, so definitely glad to feature that here. Um, of course, the cover article is Bug, A Bug's Life. And uh, we kind of do a deep dive into the game and what made it unique. And, uh, and then an interview, like a really cool interview with David Warhol, uh, just talking about making of the game, working at Real Time Associates, uh, what they called the Sega Away Team or the Tiger Team. And I think when you boot up Bug, you actually do see uh, Saturn Away Team. It was actually Real-Time Associates. There were just a handful of companies that were kind of given that moniker or that, that honorary title. Um, but they were really third-party companies. Uh, so you got that. And then, you, of course, we got a Satiator ad because we're also like... Super, super thrilled about Satiator. I'm, an, I'm a Satiator owner. I love it. 
Uh, I think it's a great product and shouts to abrasive for bringing that to the community. And of course we got a, uh, we got a homebrew article about, uh, about, uh, hell slave, uh, pa uh, pandemonium. Nick wrote this up and he did an amazing job. And then of course we followed up with an, uh, with a developer interview with XL2, uh, just talking about Saturn development, uh, the quirks and everything like that. Uh, and again, more Saturn development. We've got uh, Wilfredo Abijan, Missalon, uh, talking no and the Paludis. And that was a fun interview to do as well uh, as article to write up for the magazine. And then um, we also got a uh, like a price guide. And that's kind of more of a joke. I mean, it's like, what good are these prices? But it, it's more of like a time capsule, like a snapshot of if you're looking back on this magazine 10 years from now and you pull it off the shelf, you can kind of just quickly see like what prices we're doing when it was released, you know? Um, it's not that inclusive though. So I think in our next issue, we'll probably, we'll go all out and we'll have like a UK, we'll have a, a Japanese one. That's going to be like a few pages. And then, uh, and then of course, RetroBit controllers, which I think a lot of us, uh, they're not perfect, but they're a great solution and they're cheap and they're available. Uh, and so I think they're a great stand-in controller. Uh, if you don't happen to have an OEM controller, I do recommend the RetroBit 2.4 gigahertz. They do a good job. Uh, there are some little niggles, little things that I would love to ha see improved on them. But again, I mean, you know, uh, for 30 bucks... 30 to 40, depending on where you go. Um, I think that it's a good solution. And I, I own two of them and I use them a lot for, especially for like, uh, what is it? Uh, for RPGs and stuff like that. Easy recommend. For uh, shooters and stuff, fighters, you know, uh, you don't want to go too hard on the D-pad because that can be, you know, I, I've heard people breaking their D-pad. Uh, that was not a paid advert. No, that was, uh, so... Uh, Martin Evans asks if any of these were paid adverts. This is a fanzine. We don't get any money for these things. Pat and I, uh, and, and leadership, we, we talked about like, what are some products that we feel would be good to, to recommend to the community, you know? And um, we do have a relationship with RetroBit, honestly, to, to be honest with you, we do. Um, and they have sent us some things, uh, including some RetroBit pads, which we've reviewed. And the first ones, we, you know, we reviewed them honestly, and, and we took issue with quite a few things, you know, and then they improved those things in a second revision, you know, um, but we were not paid to put this in our magazine. We, we feel like this benefits the community, um, knowing that they have an option, that they have, you know, they have options now that they can go out and buy a good serviceable Saturn pad, um, and maybe they should have paid big bucks for that. But the thing is, that would kind of, uh, I feel like if they paid us for it, it would kind of spoil our credibility a little bit, right? You know, um, we, uh, but yeah, so essentially this magazine is free to the community and we didn't, we, we poured a ton of blood, sweat and tears into making it and we didn't receive a dime for it. Um, but my, uh, I guess you could say my reward is that it exists, you know? So like I, it went from not existing to now it's out there and it's something that I can, I feel like I can be proud of. Uh, it's something that Peter and I and, and Pat and Nick, we made together and hopefully, uh, for subsequent issues, you know, we can pull more of the community in and, and get them involved. Uh, because I know there's quite a few folks that, that sound like they're, they're interested in, in being involved in this project. So. Uh, and since this is a magazine made by fans for fans, uh, it's appropriate that, uh, that we include the fans. And that's it. That's, that's, that's my spiel about, about, uh, the magazine. Oh God. If I, I'm clicking the back button and it's literally going through each page. That's not good. Uh, well, anyway, I'm just going to, I'm just going to turn off the web browser now since we're done with that. And, uh, yeah, so let me just see if I've missed any comments, any questions, anybody want to ask me anything <laughs> price guide. Oh no, you're killing me. Yeah, seriously. That the price, like I say that somebody, uh, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, Saturn prices are just pretty much a joke these days, you know, um, the beer is gone. Well, no, now hold on a second. That's how the beer is. The beer is gone. But it's good. It, it was like a, it was like a, uh, let's see, Sierra Madre Lager, Mother Earth Brewing. Um, 
yeah, it's time for another beer. I'm going to actually do pizza and a movie with my kids. Uh, so I will be. Um, but yeah, so let's see. Did I miss anything? Thank you for, you know, the support, you guys. Thank you for all the great comments on the magazine. Um, I, I, you know, I'm sure that you guys are going to find things. <laughs> I'm sure you guys are going to find things that are probably, you know, not, not perfect with it. But uh, I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that, you know, that we can just continue to improve uh, with each iteration. Uh, anyway, without further ado, I guess it's time for me to list off our Patreon supporters. Oh, I, you know what? I wanted to tell you guys. Um, I wanted to say, and I'm going to bring up the thing again. I'm going to bring up the webpage. Hold on a second. Let me see. I do want to say one thing. You will notice that in the magazine here, on the table of contents right here, the Patreon supporters are actually uh, listed like right there. It says Patreon support and all of you guys who were Patreon supporters as of the time of our uh, release of this, you're listed in this magazine. Your name is there. So, uh, which I think is great, you know, because that means you guys are, you know, you were a part of making this happen, you know? Uh, so uh, we really do appreciate all of our Patreon supporters and, uh, We've actually got some new ones, so I'm gonna read off. Um, I'm gonna read off to you guys our Patreon supporters. Okay, um, so just recently we got King Gidra, or King King Gidra, just joined at the top tier mark, and um, we also had um, what was it? It was uh, we also had another brand new. What was it? Uh, Daskanny Man, <laughs> Daskanny Man. I don't want to murder these names. Uh, we had uh, another new Patreon supporter, and that was uh, James Mann. And we also had, let's see here, two different lists I'm looking at here. So I believe that's it since the last time, since. Pat read them off last time. So those were our new supporters. Of course, King Ghidra, who just uh, who just signed up recently, signed up at the $10. So I'm going to read his name off, along with Robert Ramsey, Nutrageous, Blue Moon 95, Tanuki Trev, Johannes Fetz, Derek Pasquarella, A-Team, Mamdu Madar, or Momfus, uh, Emerald Nova, and Young Money Swee, or SWE. Does that stand for Sweden? Or does that stand for something else? <laughs> I've always wondered about that. I think at one point I said Young Money Sweden because I just assumed that SWE standard for Sweden. But anyway, those are our top tier supporters. We really do appreciate you guys. We actually appreciate all of you guys uh, that, are, that are contributing anything to this show, anything to Shiro. We seriously have, because of your support, because of your contributions, we have just about enough to afford that print run of the magazine, which is what, you know, how we're going to afford to pay for the printing of it. And then of course, we'll be able to hopefully sell it to you guys at cost. Like we're not really looking to make any money off of it. We're just looking to, to pass it on to you guys. Um, but uh, aside from that, I do have your names listed in the credits for your support. And if you can't afford to support us monetarily, no worries. Uh, we really do appreciate uh, the monetary support, but we also appreciate the the love and the shouts and the and the shares. If you uh, feel like sharing us with a friend that you think might like our content, please do and invite them to join our our Discord community as well. Because um, we're not just a show or a magazine or whatever. We're a community, and we're all about like just having you guys come and be a part of it. You know, and it can kind of just be like a little place away uh, from all the chaos you know you can just come and hang out with us and and have fun you know uh we don't take ourselves too seriously uh which is a good thing i think and uh we're all like huge saturn fans and huge sega fans so come be a part of our discord server and have some fun and uh until next time this is saturn dave reminding you to go play your sega saturn peace out